Welcome to Business Matters with host Rob Capello, a podcast where we open the conversation on what matters for business. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Business Matters, presented by Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union. My name is Rob Capello, and I'm a Chief Strategy Officer at Now Media Group. Today, we welcome Trevor Moss to Business Matters. Trevor, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate the opportunity. No problem. So Trevor is the Chief Executive Officer at the Central Okanagan Food Bank. Uh, and we have a whole bunch of stuff we want to talk about today, uh, including some fun food-related facts or uh, event that's going on right now we're going to get into. But before we, Trevor, before we kind of get into that, and I suspect that most people are probably familiar when we say Central Okanagan Food Bank, and, you know, typically people know what Food Bank does, but for those maybe from the audience that still wonder what services you provide, maybe we can just start there, you know, if when someone asks you sort of, you know, what does the Central Okanagan Food Bank do? What, what's your answer? What do you say? Yeah, well, I mean, our primary service is to provide healthy meals uh, for people that are in need. And so even uh, right now, approximately, we're serving 4,500 individuals a month uh, between our two locations in Kelowna and West Kelowna. Okay. And uh, people can access uh, the food bank every 28 days. Um, and our goal um, is when people come up to the door is to provide them food for approximately seven days. And in there, there could be meat, there's vegetables, uh, there's, there's milk, um, there's, you know, the canned goods, the staples. And so our goal is, is that to help a person, a family, a senior uh, that are struggling uh, for many that would probably never dreamt that they would have to go to the food bank and uh, they are showing up on our doorsteps. And so it, it is. It is a real thing, and um, I think that's that's the main thing that we do. And then secondary is is if we do have food surplus, um, then what we do is we also uh, partner with uh, over thirty agencies um, in the Kelowna and West Kelowna area. And uh, if like we just had uh, a big shipment of muffins and pastries and stuff like that. So we gave it out to our clients. And then what we also did is we gave it out to the other partner agencies that are also tackling food insecurity. And so there's approximately 30 other partner agencies that we work with. Interesting. Interesting because you mentioned um, uh, when I was doing some research and kind of preparing for the call, there might be a little bit of misunderstanding or stereotype of the type of client you work with. I think that's one area I think that people think, you know, so, you know, when, when obviously, you know, when, when you're, if, if I'm an outsider and I'm looking and seeing the people that, who does, who is it, who, it, it, you know, who's, who are the people that you support? And I assume, I assume there's a misconception and stereotype of who that, that person might be. You know what, there is. Um, I just talked to a good friend of mine who yeah. kind of knows what I, I do. And then he was asking some more questions. And then he, he kind of came to me and said, I, I didn't realize. And mm -hmm. he was saying this in sincerity. He said, I just thought you were just helping the homeless people, which I yeah. think it's great. Um, we do that, of course. But what I also shared with him is, is 
like right now, the fastest growing a population and user for food banks is actually seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, out of those 4,500 individuals we serve, 20% of them are seniors. And the reason why that is, is because they're on a fixed income. Right. And so what's happening, especially in Kelowna with the rising rent and rates and housing costs. And then the secondary thing is food costs. Yeah. Uh, just this year alone, uh, the inflation rate, uh, food costs alone has gone up by 5 to 7%. The unfortunate thing is last year, it was 5 to 7% as well. So it, it's a double whammy. And so seniors, uh, families uh, with children, like uh, just every month, uh, around 33% of those 4,500 people come in are children under the ages of 17. So children and youth. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's people that uh, that are working a lot. We have a lot of people that are working. And this is the number one misconception I see as well. Is they're like, well, no one's working and they're coming to the food bank. That, that's not true. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of our people are working and they actually have low wages. And I moved to Kelowna four years ago. And what I realized is, is that everyone moves there for a better future. Right. And uh, but what they don't realize is that how, how expensive how hard it is to live here and maybe some of us take that for granted um, yeah. because Cologne is also one of the wealthiest cities uh, in Canada as well so we have that disparity thing and um, but so all we're trying to do is just educate people and say listen you wouldn't you don't know it could be your neighbor right. um, it could be a friend another one is post-secondary students um, like so it's it's basically anyone you could think of you know, there's higher populations like seniors, but there's people that are accessing the food bank. And typically, for the most part, a lot of them are accessing the food bank anywhere between three to seven months. And so it's helping them along the way. And then they're they're moving forward. So hopefully that kind of answers your question there, Rob. Yeah, and I, I, for sure, 100%. And I think that's, wanted the you know the audience to, to know that it's it's not who you think it might be and, yeah. and and you never know what happens in someone's life to to be able to you know for you guys to support them right so um i'm i'm curious on how uh, and i think there's another misconception is how you're funded um and, and you know we've worked with nonprofits and people think it's you know it's all government funding i'm like very small percentage of that actually sometimes is the case and it, it, without getting into detail like you know how, uh, where's the funding come from for from the food bank uh, you know business individuals government like what areas are you accessing for funding yeah i think the the one big uh, misconception again is is people think that the government actually funds the food banks and before the pandemic um rarely did we see any mm. government funding and mm. so I mean, we could write a couple of grants, but no direct funding from the government. Yeah. And, uh, but we did receive some um, when COVID came in, and that helped us immensely to yep. provide the food because our food usage and clients coming in went up to 25%. So there wow. was a major increase, and that has not decreased. So uh, we are, you know, we are concerned about that. Hmm. Um, so really where our funding model comes from is, is, is of course, uh, the business, uh, yeah. community, corporations, um, they, 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 of course, donate um, individuals. Um, right. We have people that are donating $5, we have people donating yeah. $100. 
Um, so, you know, really it's, it's, it's corporations, individuals. And then the other part of it is, is probably one third of our funding model is, is like, you know, pie sales or, yeah. and it's, it's event driven and, uh, right. and that's a big part of our model. So between all of those aspects, uh, that's where we kind of bring our income together and, yeah. uh, and then the only other thing that we do is this, which is really good. We've been connecting with what's called the National Food Sharing System. We also do a big thing called food recovery. Mm. And so we are partnering with all the retail grocery stores um, in the Kelowna area. And so when an item is the best before date, and it may be a day or two or three days before, right. uh, they can't sell it. And so what we're saying to them is, listen, give it to us. We'll actually sort through it. And usually those things are good for two, three days. Right. And, you know, like for instance, if you were to go buy milk um, in a grocery store, what do you do? You always look for the best before day, yeah. for the best reach one. to the back. <laughs> yeah. So no one's going to buy it if it's three or four right. days before, but the actual expiry date on milk is actually an extra week or so. Right. So we're very clear with our clients, but we, we also take those things. So these, and then we sort it and we put it right into the hampers as an additional thing. Got it. And we say to them, listen, this is extra compared to what you would normally get. So right. it does create this, um, you know, sizable hamper that is, that is kind of meets the need. So that, that's kind of how we do it. Interesting. And you mentioned sort of an increase through the pandemic. Um, I, I would think that nonprofits face struggles every day because funding what volunteer whatever it may be but the last 18 months have probably been very difficult between the pandemic the wildfire and and added costs you were saying so and, and there might be many but what's been the biggest struggle through those times for you guys specifically for you guys what's been the biggest struggle I think the biggest struggle has been responding uh, more to the need. Like we had to change our full operation. Mm. Um, clients were coming in. Uh, we couldn't do that anymore. Also with the numbers going up. So we, we've become very busy. We were busy before, but right, right. Um, so that has created that extra mm. workload sustainability um, and the team and volunteers, I mean, have been absolutely amazing and uh, I think our biggest struggle in the last three or four months is some of the restrictions have lifted. Um, it's especially our volunteer base. Uh, we have our core volunteers, but, right. but we need 30 to 40 volunteers a day to wow. actually pull off what we do. And, um, and on an average week, it's around 150 volunteers. So if, if we didn't wow. have volunteers, they're the heart of the organization. Right. And, um, and I would say that, that's one of our biggest challenges right now as well. And then it's just, it's, I always call it turning on a dime. It's, it's reacting to what has taken place. And then um, the back to back with the COVID pandemic in right. what was highlighted the most, especially in the hospitality industry with all the business closures and shuts downs and stuff like that. That's where the, the major increase came in. Uh, with people accessing the food bank because they weren't making enough or they weren't getting tips. And that's just one pocket, but it was, it was a big pocket. And then on top of everything else, the fires came in. Um, mm-hmm. And so we responded uh, accordingly in reference to the, and the community has been fabulous. Uh, that's the one thing I've always said. Uh, the community mm-hmm. has responded well with their volunteer time. There's corporations came in and helped us build uh, the fire hampers. And on top of what we normally do, 
we reached out to some of our other sister associate food banks. Uh, and through that one month in to the end of July and middle of August, um, we actually provided 1,300 fire rescue hampers throughout wow. the, the central Okanagan region. And 700 of those was more within an hour radius of our food bank. And um, so that, that's, sure. that's one of the challenges. But yet I also want to highlight like what people have done for us and uh, it, it's been quite amazing, but, but challenging. There's no doubt. And lots of other not-for-profits are finding this challenge right. because you don't know what's coming. Right. Um, you don't know what's next. And so um, I, I think the adaptability is the biggest thing that we've learned and, <laughs> and resilience. Um, yeah. Like lots of other not-for-profits. It's interesting you mentioned volunteer because the, the next question I had was more around, I know there's multiple ways to donate, right? So and it, may, it might be all three. What, what is the biggest need? Food, money, volunteer time, all the above? Yeah, I mean, it's really all the above. And, and let's be honest, like, I mean, giving directly uh, to the food bank in reference to a cash donation, yeah. uh, online giving, or even if, I, if I'm bold enough, like even stock giving, like right. you know, all those types of things. What happens is what people, they probably have heard us talk about this before, is, is for every dollar that's donated and every dollar that's spent, we're able to provide three dollars worth of food mm. and because the people has given us um more food this year um, but also because we've been able to work with different corporations like Hein right. and Kraft and the national food sharing system over this past year it was actually for every dollar we spent it was more like one to four and so mm. imagine okay you can go in and buy um say a box of craft dinner for let's right. say um Whereas just recently I was able to buy craft dinner for, uh, you know, 20 cents. Uh, mm. So I'm able to maximize uh, the buying power on it um, simply because what's happening is they're coming to us saying, okay, we can't sell this because the best before date is two months from now. Right. Right. But the expiry date is another year for anything with canned goods and dry goods. So right. this is how we maximize it to actually get more food into the hampers and, and on people's tables. So, um, and then the other thing we do is the food recovery piece. And the other thing that's helped us immensely is, is an organization. They have a big farm. Um, it's Helen's Acres. And what they've been doing is, is they were donated uh, 25 acres of farmland. And they have been growing uh, vegetables like carrots, onions, potatoes. And these are what are called our staples. So we always buy onions, carrots, and potatoes to put in our hampers. But for the last five months... We haven't had to buy that because they're donating this fresh produce. And then at the beginning of the year, they had asparagus and they just donated mm. a thousand pounds of tomatoes. And the government's actually got a, a great thing as well for farmers. When they do donate a food to us, they can actually get a tax receipt for it. So it's all of this coming together um, that actually creates the right. healthy hamper. And, um, and we don't have to buy all of the food. So. Interesting. Yeah, it was interesting I, I, on how you can turn a dollar into three or four dollars. And I never thought of that. You, you, you know, yeah. you're better off, like you said, well, I mean, like you said, I'm sure you're not going to turn away any donation. But if you're going to spend $20 to go buy food, you're better off giving $20 because you can turn that into $60, $80 worth of food, right? So 
Yeah. And I think, I think that's, I mean, we don't take for granted whether no. something is $5 or 5,000. Yeah. But on the other side of it too, there is something tangible. Like we just did our big Thanksgiving uh, food right. drive um, right. over the weekend and our numbers are being finalized, but it looks like we probably hit around the 41,000 mark of, of pounds of food that were donated. And I mean, mm. for value, that's over a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And, um, and it's good timing because leading up to Christmas, uh, we have to build our reserves up and, um, and also with Thanksgiving, of course, around the corner. So yeah, I think it's, it's a combination of both because to me, I have a 12 year old. Uh, I think it's great for me to take that, uh, you know, cardboard bag that I got the paper bag and, uh, and go fill it up. Cause mm-hmm. it reminds us of what we have. And then secondary is it, it's the tangible piece. And even coming into Thanksgiving, I always try to, you know, take a moment and reflect and have a, a spirit of gratitude that says, wow, we, we are fortunate to live where we are. Um, I, I'm not in need right now. Um, and, and I think that's a yeah. good principle to teach uh, my, my, my child, but also I think it's just to remember that other people do have it hard. And, and for me, um, I grew up in a home where my dad was injured when I was 14. And, mm. um, and this is where um, when he got injured, he, he hasn't worked a day since. And so for us, it changed everything drastically. And this is what we're seeing. Yeah. Um, and people, they've lost their jobs or they've got an injury yep. or, or they're on a disability and, and it's a fixed income and they're just trying to make it. Yep. Um, they can pay for their rent, but they can't pay for their food. So, yeah, so that's just really, some of the yeah. thoughts. And so we always think, well, whatever works for you. Um, but if people are asking us, the best maximum we can do for is, is when you when you donate uh, money to us directly. Interesting. So you mentioned Thanksgiving. Uh, one thing we did t- want to talk about is a, a fundraiser that's currently happening. Um, it's a Thanksgiving pie fundraiser. I love that it says bake the world a better place. I love that I had to add that in. So, um, and there's two sides to this uh, fundraiser. So um, tell us about it. How, how, how are we making uh, uh, money selling some pies? It's, it's a great concept. The team came to us and, uh, and basically they, they contacted some uh, renowned chefs and, and bakers um, in the, the Kelowna and West Kelowna area. And they've always been so good to us because of the connection with food and their understanding of it. Right. And um, so what the concept came up is that we would have 20 chefs and bakers um, that would bake uh, 20 specialty pies and they're unique pies. So you can't go buy them in Costco. You can't go buy them, you know, in, in a superstore. Like these right. are some of the best pies I've ever tasted. I, I've had a chance to taste them. So, um, <laughs> and then what happens is, is there, uh, there's a company, Cisco donated the food items, the shared ingredients. And so then the yes. chefs will give their own time and they'll create these specialty pies and there's 20 of them. And, uh, and then I think it went out on your platform where people could buy them. Yeah. And I think yeah. uh, right now they're like, just like last year and this year, they've just kind of gone off the shelves really quickly. And I think we're at 96%. So there's still time. Um, I think there may yeah. be like 17 or maybe somewhere around 20 pies left. 
And uh, yeah. so, Rob, I don't know if you've bought your pie or not, but uh, but you don't need to share that on the air. That's okay. Um, <laughs> if not, you better go do that. And uh, but yeah, so what happens is is they've given up their time, and then basically the money that is is of course collected um, then right. is a part of our fundraiser. So that's that's the first part of it. And then the okay. second part is is um, we've got a few like celebrities in there and yep. the local celebrities, and then we also have the chefs. And, and maybe you won't have that opportunity to get the pie, or maybe you're at a place where you can spend a little more um, on yep. the live auction. So each chef uh, is putting one pie into a live auction, and the people can bid on that. And um, we're hoping some people will bid. Uh, a considerable amount of money because that's where we make m the most money on this fundraiser. And uh, mm -hmm. what we're hoping to do is, is raise approximately 30,000 um, on wow. this fundraiser. So great initiative. I mean, amazing title, make the world a better place yeah. but I think by fundraising and doing this. And I think the live auction goes October 1st uh, on your yeah. platform. So people should yeah. watch that. And I think it's like a four or five day window. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and by making the world a better place, then what we can do is, is, you know, basically provide a better life, um, better food for people that are in need. Yeah. It's a, uh, for those that haven't gone there, like, like um, Trevor said, there's, it's almost sold out, but there is opportunities to, and they sound amazing. And I'm sure they taste, there's so many unique different uh chefs and celebrities and people in the community there uh, that are contributing and um, you just have to go to clone now under shop local and you can go in there and, and uh, uh, buy your pie now or come back on October 1st. Like I said, I think it runs October 1st to the 5th to, um, to bid on a unique, I think you said there's only 20 of those available yeah. uh, through the auction. So, and there, it was a very successful campaign last year. So if you want to, um, uh, get in hopefully you can you can and, and like i said though they're very unique and they sound amazing every single one would probably taste amazing so i'm, I'm jealous that you got to taste some of them so <laughs> yeah they're, they're, they're actually amazing so uh for the 35 dollars uh it'll definitely be worth it and also uh a lot of people will just go out and buy specialty things for thanksgiving so that's the reason why we kind of aligned yeah. it uh, we did it last year in Christmas time, but it was so busy for us. So we thought, well, right. Thanksgiving is one right. of the times when people buy pies as well. So I think that's one of the reasons why they've kind of gone like hotcakes as well. So interesting. Um, I did want to talk about a little bit about your role with the food bank. Um, so you've been, I believe, if I have this right, just almost two years in in your role uh, with the food bank. Is that correct? Okay. Um, I'm curious over. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, I, I um, so it's been, yeah, almost two years. That's it. Um, and I see that you, 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 you know, you have a history of working with the nonprofit sector. Like I, I was looking sort of your LinkedIn profile, like what, what attracted you like to, to your, to this, the industry. And I, you see the book behind me, start with your why. I always want to know, I always ask like, why, what, you know, why do you get into the, the industry that you're in right now? What, what, what's inside you that drove you to, to, cause it's, I know it's not an easy uh, place that you're in, right? Like, cause you're always faced with the challenges, funding, pandemics, floods, all this sort of stuff that you have no control over right that, that you need to work within so so what attracted you to the industry 
Yeah, I, I think uh, I didn't realize it, but when I was younger and I alluded to this um, is when I was 14. Um, I mean, our family was right. great. I'm originally from Newfoundland, small town, uh, 800 people, fishing village, uh, loved where I grew right. up community wise. And uh, my dad was a, a fish plant worker. Um, and unfortunately, mm. he had a, fell off of a truck, uh, hit the concrete and basically had a major back injury where it it actually had done mm. so much damage that he hasn't worked a day since. So what happened was, is that drastically changed our outlook. Uh, I watched my mom really try to, to work hard. I saw my dad really struggle um, in that area because he couldn't right. provide for the family. Um, you know, so all of those things. And then for me, when I was 14, I felt that responsibility and even pressure. So I, you know, you, I went and got summer jobs and, and those types of things. Now, I don't know if I would have changed anything. I felt very sad for my dad and I still do to this day, but I think what it does, it created a bit of a, a work ethic in, in me, but also what it did is, is in some ways it shatters your worldview. And, um, right. and from that, I think what led me is I like, okay, I want to help people because what really impacted me is, is people showed up at Christmas time. There was no food bank um, in small little communities, mm. but the people showed up with a Turkey or a, a gift card or a meal just at the right time. And, uh, and I mean, I, that was forever edged in my mind and in my heart. So, so what I found is, is uh, as I started to work through things, um, I started navigating in towards in, 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 in loss and grief, um, went through my own personal journey. And so with the not-for-profits that I've worked with, um, and then when I moved into Kelowna, um, I jumped into the addictions and uh, recovery world. And uh, I was in the process of finishing off my masters of counseling but because of my life experience it's like okay this is where i am i want to help people because of their loss and pain and then when the opportunity came up to do an interview for the food bank i knew like to me this was right. was this was it like this is my hmm. i can give back because i i had the life experience in it and right. uh, this has been an amazing fit um i mean Central Logan Food Bank is well known in Kelowna, but also right. because of our mission and our cause. And so I, I feel so thankful uh, mm. to be where I am. And that's kind of what led me to that, Rob. So, uh, yeah. so thanks for asking. Mm, and just to be able to give back and help others, uh, that's what fuels me and, and our team, of course, and our volunteers. What, what's been your biggest surprise over the almost two years that you've been in the role? Is there something that really that you came in, you're like, and it could be in a pleasant way. It doesn't mean a negative way. Is there been a, something that really surprised you about the organization or, or the role you or, or the community or anything in the last two years in the role? Rob, sorry, I didn't hear you, you also, for the first part of that question. So. I, it was, I'm just curious over the last couple of years that you've been in the role, is there anything that's really surprised you? But and it doesn't have to be in a negative way. It could be in a positive way. Is there anything that surprised you about the role or, or the community or, or, or the food bank? I think for me, um, what surprised me the most is, is um, how much food insecurity um, mm. is in Kelowna. Um, mm. I mean, I, I moved there for a reason and I have family here and uh, I lived in the greater Toronto area for 19 years and it served us well, but <laughs> 5 million people. And I mean, we moved there for, you know, a slower pace of life, even though, I mean, 
who doesn't, you know, have a fast yeah. of life. And I don't mean that you, that automatically happens in Kelowna, but, but the outdoors, the activities, and also we had family here. So it was a natural move. Um, but what I didn't realize is in, in a smaller urban setting, um, how much food insecurity mm. was uh, an issue. And then of course being magnified by COVID, but, but not even just COVID that that's, and, and we've talked about this, like who's was accessing the food bank. I think that right. was the number one to the magnitude of it. And then I think number two is, is um, I'm always amazed uh, by the generosity of people, mm. um, whether it's someone giving uh, that $5 or someone giving that thousand or foundation um, and what we're, we want to do in a food bank is, is to always make certain that people understand what our purpose is and, and who we're meeting and to practice best, you know, best practices. And, and I think that's a couple of things that's really stood out to me. They're not life shattering, but yeah. yet, that's a couple of things that's really stood out. And I mean, the other one that I've mentioned is, is the volunteers, right? Yeah. <laughs> Some of these people that um, maybe they're retired and they want to give back and they are there every day. Mm. Um, and it's hard work. It's hard work slugging around food and, and boxes. And uh, so I think that's, that's the number one thing saying, wow, the heart of the community and the volunteers to help others. I mean, there's lots of there's lots of negativity up there and, and I sure. understand it. Um, but I think I always try to focus in on uh, the positive. Yeah. And, um, and these are some of the things that have really stood out to me. Oh, that's interesting. That's, that's great. Um, we're, I, I mentioned that we're going to get to know you a little bit outside of uh, the food bank. So I have a few questions uh, and then we're, and then I, we're, gonna, we're going to wrap up. Um, there's a couple, a couple of questions I want to wrap up with, but um, uh, I'm curious, what was your, your very first job? Uh, my very first job. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to laugh. Um, I was 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and in small town, Newfoundland, uh, there's a thing called uh, cod tongues. Um, okay. You've ever tried them or not, but it's, it's a bit of a delicacy in Newfoundland. So what happens is when the fishermen would come in with their fish, uh, basically as little boys, we would stand to the side, we'd ask them permission. And then, with a knife, you basically cut out the cod tongues, you put them in a little bucket. And, uh, and then later on, I'd be down there for three or four hours, my parents would pick me up and we go clean them and we put them in a in a bag. And we'd sell cod tongues for $2 a pound. Oh my so, um, so Rob, I don't know if you've ever heard anyone talk about their first job, but that was my first job. So. That you, you won the award for the best answer ever on first job. <laughs> and ironically, my daughter's 12 and I won't even let her touch a knife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's a big joke in our family. So, but that, that was my first job and I did it oh. for four years. So Wow. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Um, when you're not at work, if you have some free time, where do we find you? Where do, where do you, where's your enjoyment? Where do you spend your time away from work? I mean, we're a very laid back family. Uh, yeah. We've, we love skiing uh, mm. in the winters and uh, especially with my daughter and just as a family. So that's, yeah. that's something that we do in the winter. And I, I do love sports and right. my uh, de-stressor, my go-to is, is playing hockey and uh and usually softball in the summer um mm. so more on a personal level that's where i uh spend some of my time just um 
out doing sports, social, you know, that type of thing. And the other thing that we really enjoy is just hanging out with friends. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Weekends. I mean, who doesn't, right? Um, but these are some of the things that um, that we love to do. And, and I'm, um, I like to learn as well. I like to mm. do some reading. I'm not an avid reader, but but I do like to, to read certain, you know, books or certain things to stretch my viewpoint my worldview I, I think that's important too and uh you know just like books like behind you start with the why yeah, yeah. why not I, I always want to be a learner if i can what can i learn from others is my my biggest kind of model so i heard a rumor that you're a leafs fan too oh rob there's a lot of pain there <laughs> <laughs> uh... I, I was actually uh even though i'm from newfoundland i was born in ontario um and i lived there for three years my parents are from newfoundland and then i okay. grew up in newfoundland you know for the next 17 years but so i have that connection with the leafs and i've been a leafs fan since i was three yeah, I've endured a lot of pain and trauma in my life. So, uh, but I'm still diehard Leaf fan, still hoping, still believing. And um, last year's playoffs just about did me in. Yeah, so. that must have hurt. I would say that I, my dad was a big Leafs fan, and there was—I still remember the Sittler jersey in our house. But um, I always told my kids that if you cheer for the Canucks, you're just going to have a lifelong disappointment. Yeah. So you know how it is. <laughs> Um, are you a, a cat or dog person? Um, we have a dog. Okay. <laughs> and I honestly, I didn't want it. Uh, but my daughter was very, uh, it's actually seven years ago on Thanksgiving that my five-year-old daughter said, dad, like with those eyes and I yeah. just grieved. And, uh, so, I mean, but I've grown to love Lucy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. They always do. Right. Yeah. She's kind of my buddy. So not That's so awesome. much a cat person, but yeah. Maybe, dog absolutely yeah um if you're able to grab a cup of coffee with someone famous is there someone that comes to mind that you love to sit down with and talk to anyone come to mind hmm. put you on the spot eh they're not alive but i was just reading i mean yeah. if i could get a coffee with someone like a mother Teresa. oh okay i know that's a common answer for many but Number one, I'd like to know how she did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in and day out, uh, working with the poor and the marginalized. Um, mm. This is the first one that kind of comes, comes to, to my mind. Yeah, like in in a sense of, I'd be curious to see how she did that, how she sustained it. Yeah. Um, how did she feel? Did she always feel giving, or did she say some days I just can't do this? Yeah, fair enough. I'd love to sit down and would have loved to have a coffee with her. Um, last question is if you were forced to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what's your go-to meal? What's your, like, y you love to eat? I'm going to have to stick with my Newfoundland tradition. I'm going to say a meal of fried codfish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's awesome. It's my favorite. I don't get it very often. Uh, but if I had to eat that every day, then I would be very satisfied. That's awesome. Well, yeah. thank you for answering those questions. Great. So I do have a couple more uh, questions I wanted to wrap up sure. with is um, any new programs or services coming up that we should be aware of through the food bank? Because I mean, we talked about the auction. Um, is there anything else that's upcoming that, that you know, as public, we should be aware of? 
I think right now um, it's, I mean, the, the make the pie thing, of course, a fundraiser. And then yeah. what we'll do is we're, we're going to gear up. Like we're already starting to work through and plan out the Christmas because that is the, the highest right. numbers that we do have more than, than normal. And so we're just going to be preparing for that. And that usually launches in the middle of November. And then we usually do our full hamper distribution. And so what I'm going to be saying is watching it for the, for the, our, just um, asking the community to watch out for that because there'll be opportunities to also volunteer as well. Um, there'll be windows like from say nine till one and one till five, um, you know, from corporations, individuals, anyone that wants to come in and we have our COVID protocols and all those different things in place. And, yeah. um, and it is actually safe, but, um, and we spread people out. So I would say that's the biggest thing because it is the busiest time uh, of the year for us. And right. uh, we would say that's the next thing to, um, to to watch out for. Awesome. And then to wrap up, I think you kind of touched on a little bit, but if uh, how, how can people help? If someone wants to donate business individual, um, what can we do to, to help? I always say to businesses, one thing I will say is if you have services, if you're an electrician, if you're a plumber, um, mm. why don't you donate your services hmm. to us? Because that could be a huge money saver for us. Um, and then you have, you can come in and see what we're all about. And then right. I would say to any individual, any person, foundation, um, just go to cofoodbank.com. You can donate um, online uh, directly and we will use that money wisely and get it food into the hands of people that need it. Uh, I, I think that's pretty straightforward and it's there, but, and if you just yeah. have questions, I mean, anyone can email me at Trevor at cofoodbank.com if they want to have a conversation or they want to strengthen their partnership or whatever that looks like. Um, yeah, we'd love to have a discussion and a conversation. Um, love to have it. And I, I can't thank you enough for this opportunity, uh, Rob, uh, and for your You're team to, um, to have this conversation. And you've made it easy. It's been relaxed. And uh, so thank you. <laughs> no problem. And it's been great. And, and uh, you know, I, as we're going through the competition, it just connected that our sponsor, Valley First, yeah. Um, is you know with feed the valley is it's it's i think you know the food bank is their charity of choice and it's been for years so it's interesting connection there as well so yeah they've been amazing uh, to us um, just like lots yeah. of other corporations yeah so i did get a note trevor that we've sold some pies too since our conversation oh, started so good. that's good news yeah. <laughs> so Rob, if you, you guys have the want a pie before <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so if anybody wants to pie and is listening to this, I would say go before they sell out. But if you miss out, come back on October 1st because the auction will start and you'll have a few days to, to bid on it. So Trevor, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed our conversation. I love to hear the journey about how you got to where you are. And, and you know, a big thank you to you and your team at Central Okanagan Food Bank, because I know it's not easy for what you guys do. So it takes, I really believe it takes a special person to, to, to do what you do, like it really does. And, and I appreciate everything you guys do. And I know the community. Does. So thank you for joining, joining me this morning and have a conversation about uh, the food bank. Thank you, Rob. Really appreciate it. I mean, we have an amazing team, especially our staff at the, at the food bank. I cannot thank them enough. And maybe Rob, next year we'll get you to bake a pie. You never know. Uh, can you bake a pie? I love bake. I'm a, I'm a foodie. So I'd love <laughs> to foodie? do it. I'm okay. a foodie at heart. So uh, yeah, <laughs> love it. 
Awesome. Well, thank you, Trevor. Thanks for joining this morning. Enjoy. Uh, and again, if you're listening, go buy yourself a pie before it sells out. So thanks, Trevor, um, uh, in spending some time. And for everyone else, have a great rest of your day. And thank you for tuning into Business Matters. Thanks, Trevor. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Matters with host Rob Capello. If you're interested in being on the show, reach out to us and join the conversation.